0: everyone, and welcome to The Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of the thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film and this year's podcast media partner for the Dead Center 2022 Film Festival. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and today we are looking back at this year's Dead Center experience with another podcast uh, from the Dallas, Texas metro area, returning to us after our first appearance in 2021, the Furloughed Films podcast. Uh, that's right. I'm super excited to be sitting down with returning guest Alex Kelly to hear about his experience from this past weekend's Dead Center. Alex, founder of Furlod Films, welcome back to the Cinematic Schematic. What's going on, man? How you been? I'm good. Good. Life's been great. Well, I, 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 unfortunately, I, I didn't get to see you in person at the festival because uh, I had COVID. So, uh, boo. But I'm super glad that you were able to make it back down again this year. How's life treating you since 2021? It's been good. I know. I kind of know what you've been through. I've, I have had COVID twice, um,
1: so it's it's not fun. But life's been good. Uh, well, that's funny. Uh, now school's been crazy because I'm a teacher, um, and it's just been great getting out to different film festivals and watching movies all over the place and doing the podcast. And we've just kind of been all over the place, man. It's been a good a good year since last year when we we met last year.
0: Watching all the stuff you guys are doing on your social media, you guys have been killing it. Uh, You guys have been kind of all over the country at film festival wise. Any exciting highlights you want to give us?
1: Oh, Lord Almighty. Uh, We so we did uh, the Film Festival 919 in North Carolina. We did. uh, I told I kind of told you a little bit. We didn't get a real press pass at uh, South by Southwest, but we got into some of the screenings and um, got to be there in the theater with Tony Hawk and Rosario Dawson, which was really, really cool. Uh, and then Dead Center this year, man. It's it's one of the the best things. And I put this up on our our Instagram, and I'll I'll throw that later. But you know, Dead Center was the first one that we you know got into as a podcast, like a month and a half after during the po- pandemic. They were the first one to have us in person and got to meet you last year. Um, and this year, it was the first place for us to do a moderating a Q and A. So dead center has always been the place that has kind of given us our first crack at a lot of things. And so it really means a lot to us getting to get back up there. So things have been good and it was, Great to be in Oklahoma City this past weekend.
0: Awesome, man. Well, hey, I'm so glad that you could rejoin us again and and, and, uh, even moderate a few uh, Q&As with with some of the filmmakers after the movies. Uh, We'll talk more about that here in a moment. Uh, But before we do, listeners, I did just want to note that if you're listening to the show today and you enjoy the conversation, I really hope that you'll support us by subscribing and leaving us a rating and review on your preferred podcast app. Uh, this is a great way to not only catch the 10 or so film festival podcasts that we did this year, actually 11 by the time you get the last one to be uh, to be specific, um, but we also have a number of upcoming review discussions. We've got Jurassic World Dominion. I think we're going to be talking about the black phone before too long. And then uh, Thor is just around the corner. Lots of movies um, that I'm super excited to share with you guys, and you can get those sent straight to your listening device uh, by first uh, subscribing uh, via your preferred app. And then uh, throw us a rating and a review uh, our way. Throw throw it our way because that'll help us get discovered by more listeners like you. Um, okay, so Alex, you know you, you uh, we've already talked. You joined us last year, but maybe for some of our listeners who didn't tune into our 2021 Dead Center conversation, what exactly is the elevator pitch for Furloughed Films?
1: Yeah. So first off, how dare you not tuning in last year? Uh, but if you are here this year and are learning more about Furloughed. Um, we were, or we are a podcast that started, um, in 2020 at the literal start of the pandemic. And the name of it came from me being furloughed for my job. And I knew I was going to be sitting at home with nothing to do. And I'd always loved movies. I've loved movies since I was a little kid and I wanted to start a movie blog. And I said to myself, what in the world am I going to call it? And I had been furloughed a couple days before and I was like, you know what? Just popped in my head, furloughed film talks. So I started that blog. Um, and my brother came down a couple weeks after that because we lived together and just said, we should start a podcast. We sit around, we talk about movies all the time anyways. We leave out of a theater and we stand there in the parking lot with our friends and just talk about movies anyways. We should just throw a mic in front of us and put it out there. And that's that is what furloughed film talks is is, When you, if you are a movie lover, if you go out with your friends and see movies and then you stand outside in a parking lot for 20, 30, 40 minutes and talk movies, that is exactly what you're going to hear on the podcast. It's just me and my brother talking through what we've seen, talking through the news of whatever's going on in the movie or TV world. And sometimes we have on people that either are friends that also go and see movies with us, or we have directors and actors and actresses and writers who just want to talk movies, who just want to have that kind of same experience. And, you know, that's the great thing about podcasts where you're not limited by time. You don't have a 30 minute window that you're supposed to fit in. We had some dudes on from Oklahoma, from the film festival this past weekend, where we just sat there and talked for 25 minutes about, or it was, I think it was closer to 30 minutes about their movie. And we had a long discussion about it. And that's, that's what you're going to get from furloughed film talks It's just guys who love movies talking with other people who love movies.
0: God, I love movies. It makes me think of that Keanu Reeves quote. How does it go? I love movies. And I'm going to give a little background, a little behind the scenes.
1: That's why you and I sit here for 45 minutes before we even start recording, just talking about stuff about movies and all the things that are going on. Because when you get people, not in the same room, virtually in the same room, who love movies, they can go on forever and just lose track of time. And, And that's what... Uh, Ryan and I do, and we we have a blast, and it's it's easy because we're brothers and we have that connection, and you know it's it's a blast. It's why I love doing it, and it's crazy that we're two years in at this
0: point. Killing it, guys! You guys are riding that post pandemic wave. It's 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 super cool though. I mean, I say that because uh, it's something that you know you guys sort of started. With downtime during the pandemic and just I think it's more evidence of how the, the pandemic have, there's a lot of there are some positives coming out of it, you know, um, starting a movie podcast, forming a, a little community around uh, your podcast, Furloughed Films. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I totally I share that experience with you. Just like the idea of like talking uh, about movies or takes me back to the uh, high school. I would used to stand outside in the parking lot uh, with my friends for hours because small town, there's not a lot going on. So that's what we did. Um, cool, cool stuff. So, uh you now you, this is technically now you attended last year in person, but it was still considered a hybrid event by the festival proper. So it was a, it was a much reduced uh, capacity in terms of the number and size of the in person uh, uh, events and parties. Um, so, so this year is the return to the quote unquote in person, fully in person experience. Um, so first I'd like to hear about your experience, just your experience, of the festival outside of the movies, we'll get to those in a second. I mean, you know, what was your experience like the festival? Did you guys go to a lot of parties or panels? Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. So this was, uh, first real in person. And I was thinking about this earlier today, kind of ex- ex- examining it versus the last couple years that we've done it. And it's. This is not a bad thing at all. Each year has been markedly different from the other years. So this year they had a lot of their screenings at the Harkins Theater down in Bricktown, which I thought it gave something to the festival that they just didn't have it the last couple of years. And so I thought that was really cool. Um, for me, you know, it's awesome just getting back to everybody and seeing Crystal and just meeting new people. And seeing the Skullcrawler boys, and seeing Noble again, and just seeing people that like I've met in the years past—it's amazing to see those people again. Um, you know, we got out to a party, or I got out to a party Friday night. It was the Magic Mike showing um, at Twenty One C. That was fascinating to be at. Twenty One C is a great place to go check out. And then uh, Friday or Saturday night, we went to the Out of Exile party at. The Jones Assembly. Jones Assembly, that's it. There's another place like right down the street called the Jonery, so I get
0: those confused. I know, I know. no, no, you're good. And the Jones Assembly is a great place for a party, I have to say. Yeah,
1: and so, it and that's my biggest thing about it was they obviously had put a lot of money and time into that movie to make it a feature film, something that could be played alongside a Jurassic World and it would not look out of place. And they put out all the stops for that party and there was just nothing like that last year other than maybe the uh party at the studio last year but this was like all about out of exile and so that was really cool just seeing the actors and the director from the movie and all the merch and swag for it it was it was wild it was just great being back down in oklahoma city and getting to see bricktown for the first time um i had a great time it was it was an amazing time and you know, For me, I wish I wish I had made it down for the opening night party um, Thursday night, but it just it the entire experience of this past weekend coupled with the last three years of this has completely solidified in my mind. I have to be there for all four days of Dead Center and take in everything because it is a community of people and I know you weren't there, but we get to do this now. This is just an extension of Dead Center to me and so it's Getting back down there, seeing somebody like you, seeing my school caller boys, seeing Noble, and just meeting the new filmmakers who are in. And that was the other cool thing that that was very different from last year. There weren't that many out of town, you know, filmmakers or directors last year. This year, I met a dude that starred in a movie called Landlocked, who's from Brooklyn. There was a dude from Georgia. There was two the two directors or the director and the uh, actor from 1-800-HOT-NIGHT were from LA, so people are coming into Oklahoma City, and so that was really cool and different from years past, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here.
0: Yeah, awesome. No, I think that's uh, that's the beauty of the the fully uh, in-person dead center experiences. It really is a community where you you get to have awesome filmmakers come through. Um, And I will say, you know, having done the last two years where uh, last year, I think everyone who was mostly everyone who was local who felt comfortable coming out last year came out. But sort of the missing element is a the full theater capacity. We had Many more venues. I think. I think it was something like if you count the outdoor venues, something like six or seven total screens throughout the city. If you count the Wheeler District uh, and you count the um, screening down at Scissor Tail Park, uh, so it, it more screens that Harkins was back. Moa, you know, like it, it was a um, an experience that kind of sprawled across the whole downtown area. Uh, but additionally, like you said, there's a lot of people who who come from out of town who have not been able to do that the last couple of years. Um, And uh, it's really great, though, to hear someone like yourself who came from out of town really feeling like you get plugged in. That's my favorite thing about Dead Center is everyone is just super excited about film. Everyone wants to support the projects that come here, whether they're you know especially homegrown films, but also out of town films. They were coming in and like the dudes from Landlocked,
1: uh, Timothy Hall, he was at his screening, went to the press room. We got to talk with them, but he was at the out of exile party. He was at different screenings for other people. And like, it's, it's a community where they're there to check everything out and see who they can connect with and kind of support all the other filmmakers there.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm glad that you had a a great experience again. I'm not going to belabor my woes of uh, coming. Testing positive with COVID right after the Memorial Day weekend, which kept me out of the festival and all the activities this year. Though, through the power of the Internet, uh, I was able to participate with some of the filmmakers. And um, I want to reiterate what you said, uh, working with uh, Crystal. She is just a joy and a, a pleasure and a treat to work with, really giving me uh, everything I need to to put on some great interviews for listeners. So um, huge shout out there and everyone at the team at Dead Center. That uh, includes Sarah. Uh, Kevin, uh, Sunrise, his dad, Laurent, huge team, Paris, gosh, a lot of people over there working really hard um, to make this a, a cool return to in-person. Uh, oh, and Khaki. I, unfortunately, uh, the the current uh, executive director I haven't had a chance to meet with her, but uh, tremendous job. She stepped into that role not too long before the festival, so uh, huge kudos to the whole team there.
1: She is an amazing person, and I felt really bad as I was driving home today trying to remember her name, so like, I was like, I want to say thank you to Crystal, and I want to say thank you to Sarah, and I was like, crap. What was her name? So, but her, she was amazing. Kaki was amazing. Sarah was awesome. And Crystal is for the third year now, the best person to work with in any of the festivals that I've gone to.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I, I have to, I have to quite agree. I, I am kind of curious, uh, how would you say now that you've been to more festivals, how would, what would you say maybe sets dead center apart from some of the others you've visited? The
1: thing with dead center is it's this, and we've kind of talked about a little bit with the community aspect where it feels like a family where the people who are running it are present. They are with the fans, they're with people like us who are press. And for this is audio, I'm doing finger quotes. They're there to help and they're there to answer questions, and they're there because they want to be there because they love movies. And that's not to say at the other festivals that they're not. It's just they have made this feel where it's all about movies, and it's also all about specifically Oklahoma movies. I went to a festival, and I'm, I'm not—I'm not trying to dog on them a little, but they did a festival in North Carolina where it's all the latest, biggest indie movies. So, like, come on, come on. King Richard, that kind of stuff, but it's nothing North Carolina based. Oak Cliff Film Festival, kind of the same feel. They do some kind of the smaller shorts with like the local people, but it's not Texas based. Dead Center is all about the local feel and the local filmmakers. And they try to make it as much about that as possible. And they include as many Oklahoma filmmakers as possible. So that to me is the biggest thing where It's people who know that region. It's people who know that area. And I'm from Dallas. Like, I've lived in Dallas my entire life. So to get to that area and see people who are excited about that city, and then you see that city on the big screen for probably 50 to 60% of the stuff that you're watching, that's really cool. And it makes you grounded into the area that you're in. And so that, to me, is the biggest part. Because, I mean, my – and I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but, like, My favorite short film was a documentary about a home in Tulsa that was featured in The Outsiders. And Danny Bowie O'Connor has made it into a museum. And it was a very touching story. And it it was an amazing short to the point where I've never read The Outsiders, but I now have it. I can pull it out. Nobody's going to see it. But I went and bought it off Amazon, literally in the theater. To, to read and so just knowing that it's connected to Oklahoma was such an amazing thing and that's that's to me what really sets out sets Dead Center apart.
0: The short film Old House New Home it was actually the winner of the best Okie short as selected by the Oklahoma Film Critics Circle have to throw that one in there. I kept checking the
1: the awards I guess I didn't see that but
0: it a hundred percent deserve that yeah no 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 it's good to hear though and and i will say this um having watched most of the shorts this year my favorite thing about the shorts block is really just i mean you have the features block where it's it's a bigger idea you know full concept you're doing feature film anywhere from like you know uh 80 minutes to 100 minutes usually in that ballpark the shorts though i feel like is just the great way to showcase all the awesome talent we have here in oklahoma because okie shorts block i mean i I don't see every short in every block every year, but I will say from the samplings in previous years, um, including some this year, the Oki shorts block always just really stands out as people put a lot into these short films. There's probably some budget in some of them, but it's not a huge budget. It's a lot of people just really passionate about sort of showing what they can do. And uh, just top-notch short films across the board every year. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah,
1: I'm always surprised at how good the shorts are, and I'm always surprised at how good the short documentaries are like every year I'm, I'm surprised and I don't know why, cause this is my third year doing it, but like that there was one about a, a tribal reservation that like makes their own food and how important it is about, you know, being their so their food sovereignty. That was amazing to watch. There's one about a bull rider who has been through hell and broken a bunch of bones and his kind of journey, like those are some of the best that I've ever seen. And it's here at a festival in Oklahoma. Like there's, there's so much talent there to make those movies. It's, it's incredible to watch.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So uh, speaking of movies you saw, uh, maybe you could tell me a little bit about uh, maybe your favorite feature film or a couple of the feature films you saw. And as well, I'd love to hear a little more about, um, you know, the ones you moderated specifically.
1: Yeah. So the one that I, I really enjoyed um, the most was, Coincidentally, the one that I moderated, uh, it was called 1-800-Hot Night by Nick Ritchie, um, who's out of L.A. It's about a a young boy who – I don't want to give too much away because I want to be like, go watch this movie. But he kind of goes through an odyssey at night through L.A. with his two friends and kind of goes through all the different kind of things about adolescence. And it starts out with them calling a phone sex line and talking to this woman on the line but there's moments throughout the movie where he keeps calling back and that kind of idea of calling that phone line very much changes and everything that's going around him changes why he's calling this person. And to me, it's this idea in film that I really love and it's, it's something that of all people, Seth Rogen said on a a video series where a movie like that and the movie that he kind of talked about was uh, super bad, where it's this ridiculous idea of these guys just want to get a fake ID and get beer. That's what hooks you in, and that's the big idea. But as you go through the movie, you kind of switch up what the point of it is and what the plot or narrative of it is, to where it's completely flipped onto its face, and then you are in a movie about kids worrying about, or 18 year olds worrying about separating and going off to college and those fears, that's exactly what happens in this movie where you start out with the overall arching kind of plot is, Hey, some kids just want to call a sex line, but then you very slowly peel that away and flip it to where it's something completely different. And to me, that's why I loved it. And it I got up Friday night to do the Q and A and I'm not kidding you. I was hearing people like sniffle in the theater and I got up and I got Nick up and I was like, Hey, so like, I hope everybody loved it. And one lady literally just goes, you made me cry. And I'm like, perfect. Thank you. It It is a very emotional and well done movie. And I'm excited for people to see it, you know, throughout the, uh, throughout the country.
0: Awesome. Very cool. So that was a uh, 1-800-
1: Hot night, hot night, yeah. One eight hundred hot night, and if you want to check that out on Instagram, it's with no dashes or hyphens. It's one eight hundred hot night film on Instagram.
0: Very cool. Um, any other feature films you want to shout out here? I would like to
1: shout, and I said it already once. Uh, Landlocked, uh, which was by Tim Timothy Hall. Um, it's about a man who's trying to open up a restaurant, and his mom has just died. And yet he wants to reconnect with his father who is now transgender who now goes by Brianna. Um, and so it's a very interesting film of kind of going through the grieving process of not only losing his mother, but coming to terms with his father who left him when he was 13 and now they're reconnecting after 23 years. And the lead actor, his name was Dustin Gooch. He did a really great job of channeling that and, it's a really great movie, and I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited to see what Tim does because he's working on a movie right now about a baseball executive. I and mean, when we talked about that and it was funny because we were right across the street from the Oklahoma City Dodgers Stadium. And he got really excited when we started talking about baseball. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does about that. So I think those two would be the ones that I would definitely tell people to go check out.
0: There you have it. Listeners, two great recommendations from the Dead Center Film Festival. And you've already talked about your favorite short, which is uh, Old House, New Home. Is there any other shorts you want to call it? You gave us a couple.
1: There's one I definitely want. I said their name already. The Skullcrawler Boys. They They did one last year, which was like an anthology short. Then they did one this year called It Mimics. I liked the one they did this year. The jump in quality from that last year to this year was amazing. They killed it with this one. Um, it freaked me the hell out, and the makeup and everything that went into it. They're they're on the rise. Like those skull, I I'm biased because I really like Oren and uh, Carrie, but what they're doing and the leaps and bounds that they've made in a year, I'm really interested to see where they're going. So it mimics. Go follow, go follow Skullcrawler boys on Instagram. Um, we watched literally, I think 17 shorts on Sunday. We saw both Okie shorts volumes, which amazing stuff there. Yeah. I think those would definitely be the ones that I would tell people to go check out.
0: We're going to start to wind down here, but the last thing I want to hit on here was just a little bit more about your experience interacting with the filmmakers. You've already sort of hit on it in a couple different ways here. Just kind of how easy it is to talk to filmmakers. Were there any specifically that you're able to connect with at the festival that maybe that were on your show?
1: So we're going to have Tim on. We talked with him for about 25 minutes. Um, The one – and it goes back to what I kind of said about the the Q&A. But getting to meet with Nick and finding out – this is the best part about like working with – in this field, I'm going to call it, interviewing filmmakers – with Nick, in that q and I got to talk to him because he has a mention towards Pokemon. And my brother, Ryan, who I do the show with, loves Pokemon. So I was like, I'm going to throw this question out. And I was like, why did you include that? And there was it was Garrison Machado, who plays O'Neill in the movie. His wife, Allie Ritchie, who plays the phone sex operator. And Nick. And I was like, who's your favorite Pokemon? Garrison was like Squirtle. She said, I think, Charizard. And then he goes into this long story about how when he was a kid, he had gotten arrested multiple times and had been, you know, in and out of all these different things. And then he saw an ad up in the Northwest, yes, for a midday host for WB, where he would be introducing Pokemon into like those new episodes. So that's why he included that in that movie. Getting to talk with him about that and finding out that information about why he included that in, was the coolest thing. It's the it's the craziest thing ever. But also getting to talk to you know Noble Banks about his short film Paralyzed and why he made that movie, um, and you know dedicating it to his dad, and having it be his first ever thing that he's ever directed, get into a Dead Center Film Festival, and seeing his excitement. But also on, I'm going to say negative, but it's not a negative side for him to be able to be in a place where he could see it in a theater and start to pick out different things where it's like, okay, I need to work on that. I need to work on that. It shows what dead center allows these filmmakers to do, which is see it in a theater, understand which parts of it I need to work on and then get better
0: at their craft. It's a form of a uh, feedback and growth for them. Right. Cause yeah. Cause I mean, uh, I think with the, any experienced filmmaker, getting that audience feedback live is, is going to be a lot different than, you know, you and your editor and maybe your producer watching it. Um, Uh, So, no, I think I think that's spot on allows them to have that experience, which, you know, if you're not, you know, a studio filmmaker is not exactly super easy to get.
1: The Harkin is a great theater, has a great sound system, and it allows you to have it in a place where you more than likely would never have your film. And so all of a sudden it's okay. I need to do this with sound. I mean, might need to do this with this actor. And all of a sudden you can make leaps and bounds with with your craft. And to me. That's awesome because I met Noble last year at the Dead Center Film Festival at a party and he was talking about making this movie or this short film and he didn't know if he was going to and I was like, dude, just go do it. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. And then a couple months later, he started it up and did it and he was here at Dead Center. It's it's so cool. That's – to me, that's the best part. Meeting these people who might do it and then seeing that trajectory and that path and just being like, hell yeah, dude. Like you, you did it. And so that that was really really cool.
0: Uh, this also, you know, being the first uh, return to full in person uh, since twenty nineteen, uh, did feature the press room. What was the energy like in there? I mean, did you guys utilize that space?
1: We did. We did. We utilized it a little bit um, Saturday. They again, Crystal did a badass job making sure that everybody could get in there and do their thing. They had everything for the filmmakers to feel at home and welcome. Um, we sat in there for. I want to say about an hour and we probably saw about four or five filmmakers walk in and just walk in, talk with everybody, feel welcome and get whatever they needed up to and including. I'll tell you a story real fast. Um, The shirt I'm wearing audio wise, it is the hot dog shirt for dead center that they've put out. Um, We Ryan wanted to buy one of the shirts. And so she, he had said to Sarah, like, Hey, like, where can I get one of those shirts? And she was like, what, like what size do you want? Just brought him and me and our, we have a producer now Marina shirts from it. And was just like, here, have them. They gave her a child's medium. And then she, they like went and got more. And because Tim and Dustin were with us, brought them a whole stack just to make sure that they had them. They were making sure that everybody was taken care of and wanted or had what they wanted while they were in that press room. And that I think that speaks to not only how great the press room is, but just how great the people of Dead Center
0: are. That, that's so exciting. Again, that the community aspect is, is really in full swing there. And uh, yeah, so just uh, right. So we've been talking about Crystal for a while. This is Crystal Yosef. She's the director of PR and marketing at Dead Center, for uh, you listeners who are not familiar. And uh, instrumental in what we're doing here at the Cinematropolis –
1: I would not be here without Crystal. Like, I would literally not have been at Dead Center without Crystal Yosef. And so I give I give her so much props. She's amazing.
0: It's great to see the press room return again. Sorry I couldn't be there, but uh, I'm excited to see what, what sorts of things we can cook up for next year. That's for sure. Oh, we're going
1: to have so much fun next year, dude. I am... We are, you and I are going to get crazy in Oklahoma City. Oh, you better believe it.
0: Well, now that the festival is wrapped up, you've been home for a couple days here. What would you say is, was your favorite part of the experience? Just sum it up.
1: It's all, it all runs together. That's the craziest part. It all goes by so fast. You know, I think my favorite experience was getting back to Rodeo Cinema. That was one that we went to last year and they've obviously done a little bit of work on it in the, in the previous year, but that is your quintessential kind of local independent theater that has its own flair to it. So to be able to get back there for the Oki shorts was so amazing just to be like, Oh hell yeah. Like this, this is what a theater is. This is what these are obviously people who really care about movies and to see that shorts block had 10 freaking shorts in it. It was an hour and a half and all of them were really great. Um, I think that was my favorite, and it it kind of sucks that it was the last one, but like it was the one that left the biggest impression upon me. So if you are in Oklahoma City, you listen to Cinematropolis, and you are in that OKC area, and you haven't been out to the rodeo cinema, I would go tell you to go check that out tomorrow go see what they're showing.
0: Absolutely. Uh and we're talking about the theater in the stockyards because they actually have a second location on Film Row as well, which is also kind of neat. It's like a little private screening room, but the one um out in the stockyards is the one you really want to go to if you can.
1: Yeah. And it kind of confused me, man, cuz I I looked it up on Google and it was like on Film Row and I was like, "Uh, and like looked at the website and it was the one I, I think it's Congress Avenue." Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so it's funny. Um, I haven't shared this, but I had a friend who did a birthday party. Gosh, I'm confessing this to our listeners <laughs> who had a birthday party at the one on Film Row, and it was right after they opened it. That little theater room has been a bunch of different stuff over the years uh, in the Paramount building on Film Row. And so I just look at the Facebook invite. And I'm like, oh, it's uh, Rodeo Cinema. So we go all the way to the ver- the one in the Stockyards, and uh, nope, nope, that wasn't the right one. So we. Oh no. So uh, uh yeah it, it is a little confusing if you don't read it carefully. But uh both locations have their perks, but I definitely think the one in the stockyards like you said yeah. quintessential like indie cinema experience for sure. When was the last time that you were there? So I haven't been there since they painted and redid a bunch of
1: things. Okay. So they did do, cause like I went in and I was like, Oh shit, like this looks a little different. So they did do some work on yeah, it.
0: Yeah. 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 No, definitely. They're under new management too. So like things have, and I think that's relatively recently in the last couple of months. So um, I think it's uh, yeah, things have changed up a bit over there. So I have to, I have to go, I have to make a trip out there soon. No, it looks good. And I think
1: they, they did some work on the actual like theater, which it looks really, really it looked great last year, but like, they obviously needed to do some work on the sound and like those shorts, when we started, I was like, oh, I'm kind of a little trep. I had some trepidation about it, but when it started up, I was like, Oh damn, they fixed the one biggest problem with this, and it's it's a great theater to go check out.
0: Well, Alex, uh, unfortunately, we are about out of time. Uh, it's been such a pleasure, uh, you know, speaking with you uh, virtually in place of our face to face interaction. This is being recorded on uh, a Tuesday night, so thanks for giving up uh, your week nine after Dead Center. Uh, just talk with me about a little bit more about your experience. No man, like I said,
1: you know we. We talked for about 40 minutes about movies, and this is, our, I think, our, our second virtual call. And, you know, we the first time that we talked, we talked a lot about movies um, last year. And, you know, it's always great being able to talk with another person who just loves movies, and it's awesome. And like I said, I think I'm going to make it out to Oklahoma City very, very soon. Might catch a Dodgers game, which is so weird that it's called the Dodgers. Um, so we'll definitely have to reconnect in person soon, way before next year at Dead Center.
0: Definitely, and uh, well, I, I make it down to Dallas from time to time. So next time I'll I'll definitely I'll give you a ring. I got a I got a guest room
1: if you ever want to crash. Right. Oh,
0: I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, my my girlfriend's gonna be moving in, and she's gonna make this place look way better than it currently is, which is a bachelor pad. So it'll be very very suitable for uh, guests soon.
0: I appreciate the uh, invite. I look forward to it. Before we go though, uh, remind uh, listeners where can they keep up with you and all the work you're doing at Furlode Film Online. Yeah, so we are on Instagram at
1: Furloughed Film Talks, and then it's a little weird at Twitter. On Twitter, it's at Furloughed Film. Um, there was not enough space for Film Talks, but it's at Furloughed Film on Twitter. Um, we're on YouTube as well at Furloughed Film Talks. We actually put out an interview about a month ago with Theo Rossi from Sons of Anarchy, mm-hmm. uh, which was super badass. He actually, we were talking earlier about Marvel stuff. I think he leaked that. Luke Cage is going to have a Disney plus show because he talked about um, he knew what his character arc was going to be for a potential season three of Luke Cage on Netflix. And then he let slip, you know, he said something along the lines of like, I know what my character. And then he said, like, I know what my character could have been. So it was something like that where it was like, you sly SOB. Like I caught it. So that kind of stuff is something that we get um, from time to time. But I think the biggest one Instagram at furlough film talks and on Twitter at furlough film, we would love for you to subscribe and uh, follow us along with whatever crazy stuff we've got
0: going on. Awesome. Got to go to furlough film talks for the exclusives. That's a- yeah,
1: dude. I, when he said that, I like, I played it back after and I was like, no way. He did not
0: just say that. <laughs> so. That's incredible. All right. Well, um, Alex, it's been a pleasure. Uh, listeners, again, you can keep up with all of our extensive Dead Center coverage over at cinematropolis.com. I haven't done a great job at this on the podcast series, uh, but if you have only tuned into the podcast and haven't gone to the website, do yourself a favor. Go to TheCinematropolis.com. Um, since the festival has started, I've had a, a, a team of really tremendously talented writers. We have um, returning to us from our 2019 and 2020 years. We had uh, Joe Light, Daniel Kemper, and Christopher Schultz all writing for the Cinematropolis again. So in addition to the 11 total podcasts you're getting covering Dead Center this year, from me, you also have each one of them are putting in four to five different written essays. So I can't cover it all on audio. They've got it in writing, uh, including uh, we have a really awesome recap of the three Oklahoma feature films. From Christopher Schultz, sort of looking at all three films in the context of what exactly is uh, kind of on the mind of Oklahoma this year. It's a really great essay. Check that out there. Um, we also have Joe Light wrote a really great review for Oliver in the Pool, which was the, the Mexican film that played at the festival, one of many Mexican films that played at the festival, I should say. Uh, and then Daniel Bo Kemper had a, um, a really uh, great write up for Mama Bears, which was the opening night film. So, again, lots of written stuff over there. Check it out cinematropolis.com. If you're just listening, I please check us out there thanks so much for listening everyone we'll catch you again next time when we return for our final show covering this year's dead center film festival Uh, i'm actually going to be joined by christopher joe and daniel to hear a little bit about their experience and all the movies they saw this year